Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. I invite you to check out the screen here. We have a couple clips from recent news. Well, for many people, church is a place to heal. In Eagle River, a church is bringing healing to a whole new level after the 7.0 earthquake. Yes, let me grab the phone number for that real quick. Bailey Woody goes to church every day. I think it's really awesome that they're letting us be here and work here. Her work relocated to Community Covenant Church in Eagle River after the devastating 7.0 earthquake. Woody was at work at Focus Inc. and recorded the quake on her phone. I can't even put into words how scary it was going through that, but, yeah. The offices of Focus Inc., a large nonprofit in Eagle River, were shaken and then flooded. The water main broke, which was right outside our front area, so people had to run through this this falling water to get out of the building. So they were all soaked by the time that they got outside. Part of Focus Inc.'s offices are now set up in the church lobby, in the sanctuary, as well as several church rooms. It's been working out really well. The nonprofit that helps struggling families now needing a little help itself. We're kind of hurting as an organization, and I just feel like everyone here is supporting our staff, and it's a very loving, warm place to be. Welcome, guys. This is the family room. Dr. Heath McAnally has taken over the church's cry room. This is where they'll bring uh, crying babies back to consult them during the service. And uh, this is where we're uh, operating our clinic out of for probably the next two months. With three businesses now in the church, Community Covenant is certainly living up to its name. It's always been a vision of ours to not just be uh, a building that sits in the community, be, be a part of the community and build those relationships and collaborate. So this seemed like a natural thing to do. So the church may look a little different, but it's business as usual when it comes to the mission of helping people. Now, just a handful of the entire Focus Inc. workforce is in the church. There are about 110 employees in all, and they tell me it could be four months before they are back in their building. Joe, it is amazing what that church is doing for those companies. And they're doing other things to help? Yeah, sure are. First of all, Eagle River High School uh, went in and used the gym uh, right after the earthquake for basketball practice. They have a nice gym in the church. Uh And then uh, also there's a giving tree at the church to help Eagle River Elementary uh, teachers and uh, students who lost things. Uh, school supplies in the earthquake. So if you're around and want to check out that tree, it's there right in the lobby. Oh, I love that story. Nice job. All right, we'll see. It's returned to school on Monday after the long holiday break. Challenges from the November 30th earthquake caused extra stress for many students, teachers, and, of course, faculty. Some had to move to other schools because of the damage. But tonight, KTBA 11's Dave Laval tells us that some teachers will have one less thing to worry about when they return to the classroom on Monday. 
We do Alaska studies. Alaska studies. Shopping day for Lucy O'Hara, and she finds plenty of items to help her third grade students study. Oh, these are nice. She needs it. The earthquake forced O'Hara to abandon most of her supplies in her Eagle River Elementary classroom. She and the rest of the school moved over to Homestead Elementary. Moving out of our our school was was pretty uh, emotional, and some of us were not able to grab everything that we need. O'Hara is among the teachers who shop for free school supplies at Eagle River's Community Covenant Church. Elaine Daw organized the event. Having retired from Eagle River Elementary, my heart still belongs to the school. And I started asking other teachers, what can we do to help them? As teachers, we are always spending money out of our own pocket. And so it's just really nice to have some of these supplies available to us. It's not just supplies people donated. All right. Thank you so much. Mike Davidson gave $5,000 to the school. That's quite a bit of money for someone who has not made a lot of it lately in Eagle River. Damage from the earthquake also shut down Davidson's business, the local McDonald's. Well, the community supported us for decades out here at Eagle River, and uh, when, when I was told that they needed a little bit of help, we were happy to help. I'm overwhelmed and humbled by the generosity of Alaskans and how they reach out even when they're hurting. You know, when people are just give to give back to the community, it is the greatest thing. Yet for teachers like Lucy O'Hara, the generosity from Davidson and others gives them less to worry about while they help students learn. In Eagle River, Dave Laval, KTVA 11 News. What a great story. You can log on to KTVA.com if you'd like to learn more uh, about how you can help Eagle River Elementary School. And as for the McDonald's, Davidson told us that most of his employees have been transferred to other locations. Employees will be able to return to the Eagle River location once it reopens, which we're told could happen by the year's end. So, we begin each and every service by reminding ourselves of what our mission is. And what is our mission? Our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. And I wanted to show these to you this morning uh, because when we as a church family, as a congregation, uh, when we hit the mark... When we live into our mission in real visible and tangible ways, uh, we need to celebrate that together. And we need to celebrate it not because we take credit for that. We need to celebrate it because it is uh, exactly what uh, the Apostle Paul said uh, in Philippians 1, verse 6, when he was writing to the church at Philippi. Lucas, he said these words. You'll see them up here on the screen. He said, uh, being confident of this, writing to them, he says, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, until the day that Christ returns. And and really in the context as he's writing uh, to these Christ followers at Philippi, he's saying, I'm confident of this. The good work that, that I see in you right now is evidence that you belong to Christ, uh, that his redemption and, and his work of, of conforming you more and more and more to the heart of God uh, is really evident 
And Paul goes on to say, because of that, because God is so present, because there are visible, real, tangible signs of Christ at work among you, I can say with confidence that he who's begun this good work in you, as evidenced by what he's doing in our midst, well, he's going to be faithful and he's going to bring that to completion. Uh, And we look forward to that day, that day of Christ's return. Uh, But until then, uh, we can celebrate and have confidence that the Lord has a hold of us and that he is transforming us and that our labor in Christ Jesus, it's not in vain. And so this morning, uh, this is my first opportunity to to kind of sit before you and talk together with you uh, in the new year, 2019. I think it's good to look back at where we've been uh, to celebrate the good things that God is doing in and among our church and our lives in us as a congregation, but then to look forward uh, with confidence, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in us He's going to bring it to completion. And so we need to celebrate, celebrate uh, that uh, through an unexpected um, disaster, okay, that God used our church uh, to make a difference, to bring hope, to bring healing, to bring wholeness. And and these are just a couple of examples that have, have gotten the attention Uh, of the media and the people in our community. Uh, That really doesn't tell the full story. That doesn't tell the story of of those of you who left your own homes when everything was in shambles to come to church to say, hey, how can we help uh, clean up the church? What can we do to make a difference at church? Uh, Coming here uh, rather than staying at home and, and taking care of what was obvious in front of you. Or those of you that went to others' homes uh, and helped clean up, or those of you that are still making a difference, like some of you that went to jitters and, and, and helped put things back together there. And I can go on and on and on with stories. Uh, but all of those stories uh, really give God the glory, right? Because that's our mission. That's what we're to be about. Um, but how do we arrive there? I mean, do you think that just happened? Um, those of you that have been here over the last five years or so know that it was actually five years this winter that we began a journey on something called the Congregation Vitality Pathway. Uh, and really that is a, uh, a ministry of the covenant denomination designed for churches uh, to assess realistically where they've been, where they are, and where they're headed, where they're, where they're going. And we began that journey uh, with a seminar called Veritas. Veritas is Latin, and it's for the word truth. And that particular seminar was attended by many of us who are here. It was open to the congregation. And you might recall that the, the real purpose of the seminar was to help us assess the truth uh, of where we were at at that moment in time Uh, back in uh, the winter-spring of 2014, okay? 
Uh, and you might recall that we look back at that time over about 17 years of the history of the church. And there are some here uh, that were there then that are still here that were charter members of the church. If you go up into the hallway of our administrative offices, you'll see our church charter. There's some of your names that are on there and you sign that charter. It, it sits there. And you've been here through the entire journey. And uh, we celebrated uh, the great ministry of this church over those 17 or so years. A wonderful, wonderful ministry under the leadership of Pastor Mark Meredith. Uh, a, God, a man of God, he and his wife Patty and their, and their boys, they, they came to us from outside and they helped build this church up. And they led us and they led us well. Uh, but then we went through a period of transition as Pastor Mark and his family moved back down to the lower 48 there in, in Washington. And uh, it was during that time that there was an interim pastor. And then ultimately, uh, you called Lori and me here uh, to Community Covenant uh, to pick up the mantle of leadership and continue the great work that had been begun before our time here. And so it was early in that time that we said, hey, let's assess now what the next 17 or 20 years are going to look like and, and how we're going to arrive where the Lord wants us to. And so rather than me as the new pastor uh, just determine, well, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to go, uh, we decided along with the church leadership as a congregation to really seek the Lord and to determine uh, where the Lord wanted us to go, but to discern together uh, what the Holy Spirit was saying and how the Spirit of God was, was leading us. And as a part of that process, we, we had to, to look, and we were encouraged to look in Scripture uh, for a, uh, a biblical story that, that might kind of explain what we were feeling and where we were at the time in Stephanie Stockhouse you were involved in that process. I remember help leading that, that team to discerning what our biblical story is because we, we wanted to, to move forward but with a biblical understanding of where we might be and, and really seek instruction from Scripture. Uh, and, of course, you might remember that story, uh, Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. Uh, it is where the disciples are, are, are crossing over the sea. Jesus had sent them on ahead. Uh, he stayed behind to pray after some very busy and intense ministry. And while they were on the sea, a big storm came up. And, of course, uh, these seasoned fishermen, like seasoned Alaskans, don't get shook up with just any little earthquake, right? This was a big one. And the wind was blowing and the waves were, were coming over the bow of the ship. And suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water coming towards them. And, of course, when they saw him, they thought it was a ghost. And, and Peter, impetuous Peter, uh, uh, he came out towards Jesus. And for a while, he walked on the water. And then he took his eyes off, and the storm kind of overtook him. And, and it began to sink. And Jesus rescued him, comes into the boat. And you might recall, uh, the storm was calm. They got to the other side. And uh, as Jesus continued, some very powerful ministry took place. Uh, there was healing and, and people were delivered. Uh, but in between these two incidents of what they had done and what Jesus had intended them to do is this, this time of uncertainty, this, this time of maybe a little panic, this time in which Jesus was testing the faith 
of his disciples, and of course, Peter especially, uh, as he stepped out in faith to move towards Jesus, but, but for a moment took his eyes off, and yet Jesus was faithful to reach out, to acknowledge, and to say, listen, I'm calling you to a greater faith than what you've had, and a greater trust, because there are great things ahead that await you. And, and that was a part of our story that we were discerning at that time. And uh, from there, you might recall, we, we took an inventory called Pulse. It really was designed to see how we're all doing spiritually and get the pulse of our church. Uh, and um, it was interesting. Prior to the Pulse, when we took that Veritas seminar, uh, there were four kinds of churches that had been identified in the covenant denomination uh, in the Congregational Vitality Pathway Program. And you might recall these. It's called X marks the spot because there's an X there. You can see four types of established churches. There is a healthy missional church. Now, a healthy missional church is identified by 10 markers. And we, as a part of this process, adopted these markers and made them our core values because they're that important. And if you look here in your, in your bulletins, You'll see this insert says, our values. Well, these are the 10 markers of a healthy missional church. Uh, And the way it works out is that a healthy missional church is a church where these markers are strong 80 to 100% of the time. They're present, they're active, they're visible. Let's look at what they are. Uh, The centrality of the word of God. And, of course, you'll see the scripture that goes along with them. The scripture guides all that we do here. A life-transforming walk with Jesus. Of course, Galatians 22 through 23 uh, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. All those things are evidence of the transformation that takes place in our lives as we follow Jesus. The practice of intentional evangelism. Transforming communities through works of compassion, mercy, and justice. Encouraging global perspective and engagement. Cultivating a compelling Christian community. Uh, In other words, cultivating a community where people feel a sense of belonging. That it matters, that they're a part of it where God is at work. Um, An expression of heartfelt worship, not only in what we do as we sing songs and we pray on Sunday morning, but what we do during the week as we give ourselves as an an acceptable sacrifice unto God for his service. To engage in generous living and giving, that we want to be a generous people, generous with our time and our treasure and our talent. And by the way, I just thank Dave Dalms, who spoke a little bit about an aspect about that, uh, giving and being generous with our treasure last week. And I was so encouraged by what he had to say, and I hope you were too. And then to promote a culture of godly leadership, uh, how important that is. And then finally, that we would develop fruitful organizational structures so that Doing ministry in the church is easy. 
It's, it's not top-down, okay? But it's organic, where all of us are encouraged to express our gifts, that we could have gift-driven ministry, and that we are all released to fully live into what God has called us to be and how he's gifted us as a church. So these are the 10 markers of a healthy missional church. Now, what does it mean to be healthy and missional? Healthy and missional means this. To be healthy means to pursue Christ. To be missional means to pursue Christ's priorities in the world. And so a healthy missional church is a a church where the people are pursuing Christ and his priorities in the world. And and that's the journey that we set off on uh, five years ago as we were just seeking the Lord. What is the next 17, 20 years going to look like? And so we took that inventory called Pulse. Now, when we took uh, the Veritas workshop, we were asked to put our X on the circle that we thought best represented where we were at that time as a church, okay? And so you can see the four kinds of churches, healthy missional, stable, critical moment, and at risk. Let me just review them again. A healthy missional church, the missional markers that we just went over, are strong 80 to 100% of the time They're working, and we can see them in our church. They're visible, they're evident, they're very tangible. A stable church is where the markers are average. They're present, um, on average, about 50 to 79% of the time. A critical moment church, the markers are beginning to weaken. The church is kind of losing its sense of mission and purpose. They're not as, as tangible and present and visible. And so they're there about 15 to 49% of the time. That is a a critical moment church. And an at-risk church, the markers are faint or non-existent. Um, They're present 0 to 14% of the time. Uh, That's the church where uh, somebody yells fire and everybody says, I don't smell any smoke. Okay? Um, uh, An at-risk church is a church that uh, is really at risk, but the people, they don't even know how much at risk they are in the church. So we were asked to identify which of these four in uh, the winter and spring of 2014 that we were. Okay? Does anybody recall what we identified in our, in our, our workshop, our seminar? What did we think our church was at that time of these four? Call it out. Critical moment, okay. Anybody else? Stable? All right. We had some people at that time say, well, we were a critical moment church. And we had others, the majority that were there at that workshop say, we were a stable church. So we took this inventory in the spring of 2014 called Pulse that really was designed to give us an unbiased, empirical assessment of what we really were. And we took Pulse. And uh, as a result, we found out that, in fact, we were a stable church. We were stable, heading towards healthy missional. So that's where we were in the spring of 2014. And so after that, 
uh, we gathered as groups, and then ultimately we formed a strategic ministry planning team. And that team was tasked with taking all the things that you had revealed as a congregation, uh, the work that we had done in our little vitality groups, uh, and to take all of that and to say, all right, in these next two to three years, how do we become more healthy and missional? How do we move into the healthy and missional circle? Now, you can see there on this diagram that it's easier for a stable church to become an at-risk church than it is a healthy missional church. It's really hard work. Why? Because a stable church is just that stable. People feel pretty good about the way things are, about the way they are, about how things are going, and there's not a lot of impetus or a sense of urgency to want to change anything. In other words, a stable church is a comfortable church. Uh, I remember I was on staff. I was the executive pastor of a 3,000-member church in Sacramento. And uh, prior to a church building program, we went through uh, a series of evaluations, and we had some consultants come, and the congregational, uh, congregation took a survey. And I'll never forget the, the, the consultant met with the executive staff of the church, and he sat down and says, I have good news, and I've got bad news. The good news, he said, is this. In 15 years of consulting and leading churches uh, through this process, this is my previous church in Sacramento, I've never seen a church score higher in satisfaction than you. People at your church are really satisfied with the job that is going on here and what they see happening here. And we're all, yeah, yeah, you know, we're all patting ourselves on the back. He says, I got bad news. He goes, that's the most dangerous church to be. Because there really is no impetus to grow or to change. People are essentially satisfied to death. I'll remember that. And so I understood when we went through the Congregational Vitality Program what our consultant, John Winrick, who's now the president of our denomination, John led us through that. And by the way, uh, I received an email from him recently telling us how proud he is of us and what he's seen the Lord do as we have been going through this congregational vitality pathway. Um, so it's very easy to become stable to go to at risk. Why is it easier for a critical moment church to become a healthy missional church? Because a critical, a critical moment church, people have a sense that something's not right. They, they have a sense that, mm, yeah, you know, we, we need to change some things here. Um, but we scored, you scored, because it's really about what's going on in you, you scored as a stable church. And so, but we were moving towards healthy and missional. Now, our strategic ministry plan, there were basically just a few areas that we decided we really needed initially to push into and live into. Uh, the first was community. We wanted to be a, a stronger community. We wanted a stronger sense of community. And as we grew as a community here of believers at Community Covenant Church, then we could have a stronger uh, impact on our community at large. Eagle River, uh, Chugiak, the Anchorage Bowl. 
And so we sought to strengthen our, our home groups. And then we sought to strengthen some of our relationships with other organizations and nonprofits in the community uh, to say, here we are. We, we have a presence. We want to make a difference. And we began to do that with the Boys and Girls Club. And, and we did it with the local schools. We, we did it with the Downtown Hope Center, the Shelter for, for Homeless Women, and so on and so forth. And we began to grow in our small groups. And so we really pushed into that objective. Uh, the second thing was prayer. We wanted to be a congregation of prayer because we knew that wherever we went, whatever we were going to do, it had to be built on a foundation of prayer. We didn't want to be guilty of, of determining what we were going to do and asking God later to bless, bless our ignorance, right? We wanted to be spirit-led. And so uh, the prayer corner, the prayer wall, intercessory prayer, healing prayer, the various forms of prayer that we've seen develop here in our church are a result of what began five years ago. And then finally, the, the last area was to really strengthen and help develop in areas of spiritual formation. Uh, we had some ideas really about adult spiritual formation, but the Lord did something a little bit different. The focus became on our children's spiritual formation and growth. And we saw Iwanas develop and other things here in our children's ministry. And, and so although we have areas that we can grow in each of these I've mentioned, we've seen the Lord do a lot. And each of these are important in moving towards healthy and missional. Okay? So why do I bring all this up? Because what happened as a result of the earthquake on November 30th didn't happen by accident. It happened as a result of God moving in us, the Holy Spirit leading us, preparing our hearts for something we didn't even know was going to happen. But it did. And when it did, we were ready. And that's the result of moving more and more towards being healthy and missional. Um, finally, what I want to say is that on the back, you'll see our relational covenant. You see that here. Uh, change can be difficult, and change can create conflict or uh, discomfort. Uh, it's said that nobody likes change except a baby with a wet diaper, and even they cry, right? And so Lou Amundsen, he led a team that helped develop this relational covenant. And what this really was is we go through this process of moving from stable to healthy and missional. When conflict comes, when uneasiness comes... Uh, when we get on each other's nerves, right? When we have to bear with one another, as the Bible says in, in, in Colossians chapter 3, which really means put up with one another, right? How are we going to respond? How are we going to interact? And, and these were intended to be guidelines for how we were going to do that so that we could do so in a Christ-honoring way and preserve the peace and the unity of the Holy Spirit among us. And so we continue to use this um, as, a, as a guardrail uh, to keep us from going off the road, especially in those times when there's some conflict or tension in change, okay? So all this is a review. Number one, to celebrate the good things that God has done in these five years and how we truly are becoming more and more a healthy missional church as we bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness into our community, into our world. But here is the second reason why I bring it up, okay? We are ready now 
for the second iteration of the vitality pathway, which means we want to evaluate what our goals and objectives were. We want to get a sense of how you're all doing, how well we have done together in moving towards healthy and missional, and then strategically to think, what else do we need to do? How can we strengthen ourselves? Where is the Lord calling us as we move further and further into becoming healthy and missional? And this spring, we are going to take the pulse inventory again, which will give each of you an opportunity to share how we all are doing. And based on that, we're going to go into another cycle of strategic planning, discerning God's direction, and what we need to do towards being healthy and missional. Okay? So that's where we've been, and that's where we're going. But the good news is this. Wherever we're going, we're going together. We're going together. And as we go together, we go with Christ in the center. Because we get to be a part of his great mission of bringing hope, healing, and wholeness to people that call this their church home, to people that call Alaska their home, and people in other parts of the world. And so I'm excited. We're going to have a healthy, missional 2019, but we're also going to roll up our sleeves and get ready to do some more work so that we can be prepared to be all that God is calling us to be. Because things that happened here as a result of the earthquake just didn't happen. It's because you were yielding and willing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so let me close this message with these words. I am confident. I'm certain. I'm sure of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in us, Community Covenant, will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.